reason that I'm here is because you know, the club is seeking change. He said, well, whether you come or not, you're going to see a completely different first team under me. You know, my hope and my desire and what I'm going to try and do is give our supporters hope and, and belief that we're, um, you know, we're going to embark on something special. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. This is episode 161. Got a lot to talk about on this episode. A lot of transfer rumors out there, but we're going to start by throwing it out to Caroline. She is at CG Stefko. Caroline, what's going on with you on this fine Sunday? Uh, just trying to stay warm, basically. Still cold here in Texas, raining, miserable. Um, I was happy to stay in this morning and just watch football as opposed to what I did yesterday, which was watching football outdoors in the freezing cold. <laughs> yeah, you got to go to the U.S.-Slovenia match, right? That had to be fun, a 1-0 defeat. <laughs> it, You know, it, it was more fun than I thought it would be just because, you know, I don't know who like any of these players are. So it was really just total new faces to me and. There were a few of them that I was like, okay, I could see these these guys getting onto the Olympic squad. Um, and then a few of them who probably should not. But that's up to, to Triple G to decide. Yeah, at least he's got uh, at least he's got good shoe game. We know that much. Uh, Scott is also with us. He is at Scott G Bird. Scott, what's going on with you, man? Chilling. Been watching House Hunters all day. Great show. Um and Bafana Bafana got a huge win today against Namibia, 4-0, after a disappointing defeat to Mali in the, the opening week of AFCON. Um, but, yeah, good, good good little Sunday. And and, and I got to say, I I, I, uh, I know we did lose that game yesterday and we're not a U.S. pod, right? But I, I really like those January camps where it's just kind of a free hit for all these all these MLS guys that – are looking to to prove themselves. I thought Diego Luna had a really good, really good performance yesterday, and we'll end up on on the uh, the Olympic squad. And I wish I really wish I had done some research because this guy, this young kid, came out on the right wing, plays for New England, um, and I was super impressed with him from Wisconsin. I know Caroline, you maybe have a name for me, I, um, but I was very impressed with his performance as well. Yeah, I don't know if I can pronounce it correctly, but it's Esmir Bayertarevich, something along those yes. lines. Um, he's of Bosnian descent. But yeah, yep. he was he was just electrifying to watch. And he's only 18 years old. So yeah, he's oh. he's definitely a prospect. I love it. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was it was, it was fun to watch. So I was jealous of, of your uh, appearance at the match yesterday. I'm sure that was a good time. Yeah, it, it was also just nice for context. This game was at the stadium of my local USL club. And this is like probably the coolest thing that's ever happened in that stadium is getting a US game. So we had our record attendance and that was really, really special. So hoping some of those fans I was gonna come say, out what's to the capacity our there, like, games as well. Yeah, what's the capacity there? Is it like 9,000? I think that's I think all about that. Well, it's technically below 9,000 in terms of seats, but they were selling standing room only. So it was 9,100 basically was the, the final attendance. Nice. So record crowd. 
Very good. Very good. I've been, I've been wrapped up this weekend in, in the other kind of football. I know Scott, you've been watching a lot of AFCON. I know the, the Asian cup going on. I have not been taking in any of that. I've been watching the other football because my team is uh, the, the Ravens are, are going to be playing in their first ever home AFC championship game next weekend. I'm lucky enough to be going back for it. So we're going to be just a heads up to the listeners. We're going to be doing the pod a little bit early next weekend. And that is my fault. And I will wear that one. We'll be coming with the next pod after the FA cup match on Friday. It'll be an early weekend pod because I am shipping off to Baltimore to hopefully uh, watch my Ravens uh, clinch a spot in the Super Bowl. But uh, none of that's neither here nor there. We're here to talk about Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, as I said, a lot of transfer rumors going on. No game for the men this week. So we're going to just flip this thing on its head and start with the women because they did play a game. Uh, they defeat West Ham United 4-3 this morning uh, for us here in the States, at least morning. It's actually a late game. It was a, it was a, a night game uh, over there. And uh, this was this was a, a seven-goal affair, Caroline. And, and you guys are going to have to guide me through it because I, I was not able to watch this game. I uh, caught some of the highlights, but I know you two were, were, were locked in for this one. Um, Caroline, take us through like the the, the, the topsy turvy roller coaster uh, roller coaster nature of this game. Gosh, it was like horrible weather conditions too, which led to some pretty comical moments with the corner flags, um, especially featuring Christy Mewis. You know, she she ended up getting her debut for West Ham as a substitute. Uh, but I mean, from Spurs, this was, I feel like we, we kind of saw the best of the team and the worst of the team at the same time. Uh, Cause I was joking on Twitter that, you know, if it weren't for all of our defensive mistakes, we could be like genuine contenders. And I'm, you know, I'm only half joking because our attack really just looks phenomenal when everybody's firing. Uh, and that was definitely the case today. We had Grace Clinton was back in the lineup, Martha Thomas, they had both missed the cup game previously. Um, also Olga Atanen and Evelina Sumanen both starting in the midfield. So we had our Finnish midfield duo back. That was really exciting to see. Uh, we didn't have any of the new signings from January, you know, start, but they, they would end up um, a couple of them coming on later on. And, you know, it, it, it felt like this was a game where we should have wrapped it up much, much sooner than we did. Uh, but as I said, we we had some pretty disastrous goals that we conceded, I would say. I don't know if Scott <laughs> has anything to add on that front. Yeah, certainly uh, West Ham's first goal was was uh, not super pretty. And I admittedly missed the, oh, I think it ended up being about 20 minutes of, of the first half. I was watching the Iowa women and, and Caitlin Clark. Um, I'm in Iowa with the family and it's it's like a the family affair anytime the 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 Hawkeyes women teams playing so I looked up and it's a it's a religion there Caitlin Clark isn't it, it? it's so it it's is, so fun it to watch is. yeah I mean my mother who hey, honestly could care less about sports her entire life doesn't miss a, a women's Hawkeyes game um but yeah I looked up at like one o'clock central and I think I probably yelled a couple swear words really loud and ran to the tv when I realized I had missed missed kickoff I was just so enamored with the Iowa game but Anyways, yeah, the, the, the first goal I, I watched back and wasn't pleased, right? But like you and I talked about, I think anytime you, you have an overhaul of the squad like this and you have a manager who plays such such an attacking, free-flowing style, the offense is going to click first and the defense is going to have to continue to work and improve and clean itself up. So 
I'm not not super surprised by uh, by the goal differential. It's not pretty, but I suspect you know as you and I talked about again that that we'll get that worked out as the season goes on. Um, but the attack is just it's phenomenal. I mean, you look at Clinton Thomas and Bazet and what the three of them are able to do compared to what we would see last year. And no disrespect to the to the team last year, but we've just really improved our ability to 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 be. Um, I can't think of the word, but just uh, um, dangerous in the final third, right? And then you add Beth England on top of of, uh, of that trio, and um, we're going to score a lot of goals this year, so it's super exciting. Um, and, yeah, like I said, I, I expect many more goals and uh, fewer and fewer goals conceded as we go. So, And if I'm not mistaken, this was the first game that Beth England and Martha Thomas were able to start and play together. Is that right, or, or are they are they – played together already yet i thought this was the first one you know i would have to fact check that i know they have played together for sure since beth came back um but it might have been the first time they started i know the commentators were, were you know making a big deal out of that kind of striker duo um but it, it's funny though that we scored four goals and none of them came from beth england <laughs> that just kind of shows what an overhaul we've seen under Robert Villaham because I mean, she was single-handedly carrying us away from relegation last year. So I, I love to see that improvement. I mean, Grace Clinton, I keep telling myself don't get attached because it's, it's going to be difficult to get United to let her go at the end of the season. Um, you know, don't fall in love with a lone player, et cetera, et cetera. But she really was phenomenal today. And I, I think there was a slight bit of controversy with her second goal uh, there was a possibility that, you know, Amy Turner could have been offside impeding Mackenzie Arnold, but I, I did see an angle of it where it looks like she had a pretty clear view of, of Grace taking her shot. So I think we can feel okay with that one standing. Um, and then also Jess Naz, super sub. I just love the season that she's been having. Like she's really, I think, proving that she belongs in this really improved Tottenham side. Because, you know, she's been with the team for a while. So we've seen a few players kind of from that era are starting to move on, you know, whether that's leaving the team, going out on loan. Um, but I feel like she's kind of solidifying her place in the squad. And I was surprised to hear that this was her first goal in the league this season because it, it feels like she's been really impactful. Um, but I suppose all of her goals had just come in the cup so far. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up Jess Naz too, and and that point there that, uh, you know, she she's made such an impact, albeit her first goal. I think when she came on, I told you in the group chat, Clinton's my player of the match, but Jess Naz is is a close second, and there's nothing you can put a stat on, you know, xG, ag, all that stuff can get out the window. I think or xa. Uh, I, what Jess Naz did today was move perfectly. And every, every piece of space that she took had the, the, the back line for West Ham moving in ways that opened up space for everybody else around her. And um, it's, it's something that, that, you know, you have to chalk up to the eye test, right? There's, there's no way to, to, to definitively show what she did today. But if you watch the match back, her, her movement and her spacing was just brilliant. And, I think when she came on, we really increased our, our uh, uh, attack and became much more dangerous in the final third. 
The result's an important one. It, it's it's fifth win in 11 matches uh, against three draws and three defeats. And you guys are talking about the goal difference, and, and that is important, obviously. But right now, it's they're level on 18 points with both Liverpool and Manchester United, who sit fourth and fifth ahead of them in sixth. So um, it, it, it's important in the table as well to get a win like this away from home against West Ham, who are are, are going to be in a dogfight, it seems. Uh, for in, in the relegation scrap. Yeah, they are. And, you know, I think that's a tough position for Ryan Skinner to be in again, you know, with a new team now. But to be fair to West Ham, I feel like they did put in a pretty good fight. And it, it's obvious that the signings that they just made this this winter are already making an impact. You saw Christy Mewis get an assist, you know, moments after coming on. Um, Katrina Gorey was really impactful in their midfield as well. And they didn't even get the benefit of Shalina Zadorsky in their defense because she obviously couldn't play against her, her parent club. But I, I, I do feel like they, they deserve a little bit of credit for those goals they scored, even though a couple of them had a bit of a flukiness element to them. But I, I really think a lot of that comes down to the fact that we were missing like true center backs in the squad at the moment like in terms of ones who are actually fit. Um, Cause I think Luana Buller has really proven to be a pretty big miss um, in, in the games that she's been out. And it's something we might want to look at in this last, you know, week or so of the transfer window. Like if maybe we could find even just a, a center back on loan to kind of patch that hole while, while she is kind of dealing with her persistent thigh issue. Because I don't think Evelina Sumanen at center back is the solution. It's 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 a stressful thing to watch because I just don't think she has those defensive instincts in her game necessarily. And we also saw she's just not as good in the air. You know, she she doesn't have the height for it, frankly. And we we did get done for a goal in one of those situations. So I think Robert's either going to have to come up with a different solution, whether that's hoping Amy Turner can stay fit so that she can be the partner with Molly or maybe getting Charlie Grant I've heard can possibly play at center back, even though, you know, she really prefers to be at fullback or even having Ashley Neville, you know, take over that role. I think I feel a little more comfortable with her kind of going into the center back position than Evelina. Man, it's interesting though because I feel like you'd love to get Ashley Neville more forward and and be able to, to hit crosses. And it feels like all the injuries have forced her not just in the recent weeks, but in recent seasons to just move further back the pit, on the pitch. And um, that is that is kind of tough. You, you mentioned new signings, Caroline. Let's let's talk a little bit about the new signing they brought in this week. Um, Amanda, is it is it Nilden? Do I have that right? Do I have that? Because because Scott was mentioning a pronunciation earlier. Like normally, that's my job is to just butcher, especially you know when we get to talking about transfers, it's just to butcher names left and right. No, I, I think that is correct, Amanda Nilton. Uh, she's a Swedish international. She's on loan right now from Juventus, but I think we do have that option to buy at the end of the season if we if it works out. Um, and the weird thing with her is that kind of all the reports we had heard before she came in was that she was a center back, but in fact, she has been playing at left fullback all this time for Juventus. Um, and, you know, in, in her 
interview when she signed with the club, she was pretty clear about the fact that that's her preferred position or even a little bit further up the pitch. So again, I'm not sure if that's, you know, a temporary option for center back perhaps, but at the very least, it's good that, you know, she's going to be some competition for Charlie Grant for that left fullback spot because Charlie Grant is still, you know, a very young player and perhaps having someone a little more experienced um, could be a good thing. Um, but she literally just signed with the club. So I, I'm not too surprised that she didn't get any minutes today. Yeah. An unused substitute on the bench. Um, there are more opportunities, of course, uh, coming, coming weeks for, for all these players to get more on the pitch. There is a match this Thursday in the back in the league cup for, for Spurs women. Uh, it is at Southampton and then they return to WSL action next Sunday against Manchester city, which as we all know, did not go that well the last time. Uh, so it would be nice to make an impact coming back in that match. Manchester City right now sits second in the table, three points behind Chelsea. So uh, a lot to look forward to getting back on track against that team. Um, but then it's Liverpool after that. So some, some opportunities here. We also had the FA Cup draw you mentioned. Uh, it's Charlton Athletic on, I believe that game right now is set for the weekend of February 11th. That's a Sunday. Uh, that's a home draw, so that's a that's a pretty favorable draw in the FA Cup to face uh, a, a team from from one of the lower leagues as well, right? Yeah, I think we're really set up well in the cups. You know, the game that we have midweek—that's our final game of the Conti Cup group stage. And you know, I it kind of depends on how Arsenal's game goes. You never know, but as long as we we finish as that best second place team, we should be advancing. And that competition and then like you said we've got a really good chance of going through in the fa cup um you know charlton athletic that's a team that we're we're kind of familiar with we just played a friendly with them during the winter break um, and they also have karen hills as their manager who we're all familiar with um the city game is the one that really makes me nervous not just because they <laughs> completely trounced us last time but also because Benny Shaw is still in incredible form. She just scored another hat trick again today. I think she's had what, like 10 goals in the past 11 games. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough one. Time to get those center backs trained up. <laughs> there's, there's a week to do it. <laughs> or like center backs in quotes. <laughs> right. Quote unquote center backs. Uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be a challenge, but, um, like I said, we're going to pot a little bit early next week. So we'll be able to talk about the, the league cup match. Uh, the rest of it will, will, will kind of put off because this transfer window is also kind of barreling toward a close. We've got about 10 days left in the window on both the men's and women's front. Um, Spurs didn't Spurs men didn't make any moves incoming this week, but there are a lot of rumors, which we'll, we'll get to. Um, let's talk for a minute though, about. I want to have this brief conversation about kind of the grander scheme of things in the transfer window, because it, it seems like in the premier league right now, there's not a lot going on. Um, it seems like Spurs have made pretty much all the moves. I mean, they brought in Timo Werner, they brought in Dragosian, Um, you know, th th there's, there's outgoings, there's a lot of loan stuff going on, but, but there's also the, the news of the financial fair play issues going on, not only with once again, with Everton, but also with Nottingham Forest. Um, and I don't know, there was also the, the news this week of club finances and Spurs just kind of getting this boost from the stadium now and kind of what we have all expected. And Scott, this has been like a grander scheme conversation we've had over the last few seasons. We all know 
that the Levy out folks have been pissed because of, you know, the way that he basically ran the club when the stadium was being built. And look, if you want to go back back five years and look at it that way, I kind of get it. The club was run poorly because the focus was on the stadium. But now that the stadium is in place and now that this team is starting to hum from a financial standpoint, and now that like the cards are aligned and, you know, the, the house is in order, this club is operating at a really high level from a recruitment standpoint, from a financial standpoint. And it's no surprise to me that this January has looked like it has and that they've been able to get business done with perhaps even more on the way. But to everyone else, it's like, wait, are Spurs winning January? And that's kind of like what what has confused a lot of people from from a more global standpoint, right? Yeah, it's 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 really taking a nice shape. I had the thought this week actually that um, Levy might have known what he was doing this whole time, right? Um, who would think that someone knew how to do their job better than a bunch of people on Twitter? Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I I, re- I really think that if you look at how fiscally responsible the club's been for as long as I've been a fan, um, you know, they, they didn't have the foresight in 2011, I would imagine. But when all this financial fair play stuff came out, we as fans heard, oh, this is some sort of salary cap ish, maybe from the American perspective, which it's far from anything like that. Right. But I think we just saw it as some sort of, you know, idea off in the distance of financial financial control within the game and then allegations would come out and nothing would happen um but then all these crackdowns start taking place and um you imagine that someone like daniel levy when this rolled out back in 2000 and whatever teen it was gathered a lot more information than we did right um as fans and put a long-term plan in place to to be successful in the financial fair play world. So yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense that the club operated in the way it did. I think there's probably a little heartburn within within the boardroom about the fees paid to Conte and Mourinho and all the money that was associated with the two of them, right? But I do think that was a a band-aid, you know, on 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 the wound of of the fan problem, right, for Levy um at the time, demanding trophies, demanding success. You really come, can't come out and say here's all this uh, this proprietary confidential information on financial player play, and this is why we're not signing players, right? So I put myself in Levy's shoes, and the days or the matches where he's sitting in the stadium and people are booing him and, and chanting Levy out and, and singing Pochettino's name, and um, he, was, he was in a tough spot, but he stood firm. We can assume he knew these things were coming. So credit, credit to what we're doing now. Um, all we hear, like you said, is Arsenal can't make any signings, right? They're they're tight. City certainly in in some trouble. Forest is now being penalized, right? All, and I, I know I'm ranting here, but I think it's worth pointing out. As much as I think it's a good thing, and I think it's going to benefit Spurs and stop the cities and the PSGs of the world from just cleaning house, it's really tough on these small teams, right? Forest, for example, they're going to end up getting punished. Um, and it has a lot to do with the fact that they've signed 50 some players, I think, since since this new ownership group or since being promoted, rather. Um, how else do you expect a club like Forest to start competing if they can't buy 50 players and, and bring in the talent that they need to get it right? So I still have a lot of questions as to 
how this levels the playing field, right? But if we can at least get to a point where where nation states cannot come in and just start buying trophies, it'll be it'll be better for the sport because we've had the conversation over and over that like at this point the game's gone and like kind of growing tired of it, right? So I, I appreciate what's happening and most definitely to close off this rant, I appreciate the Spurs have put themselves in a favorable position to maybe end up being the most well-run club in Europe. And I don't say that in jest. I, I really think that that may happen. So, Caroline, we've still been having conversations about Connor Gallagher, who's captain Chelsea coming to Spurs e- either in this window or the next. And it's like Chelsea are one of these teams that are in a position. Um, and the fact that these conversations and rumors are, are even swirling is, is mind boggling to me. Where, where are you at with this whole like position that I think if you would have told Spurs fans five years ago, or even three years ago, or even two years ago, that we'd be in this spot right now, looking for you know, looking looking at a new manager and just new vibes and kind of just arrow pointed upward, everyone would have thought you were kind of nuts. Yeah, I actually wish Dakota was on the pod with us today because I think he deserves some credit for seeing all of this coming a long time ago. Um, you know, he really, I don't, I don't know if we should call him like a Daniel Levy supporter per se, but he definitely understood like what the vision was. Um, and and to be fair, I've always had the position that I much prefer Daniel Levy and the ownership that we have to some of the other options that are out there. Um, as you said, those nation states, you know, you can just look at the trouble that the the Newcastle chairman is, is getting into for crimes that are far more serious than financial crimes, uh, we should say. But I, I think we really have set us, ourselves up for success for years to come. And it's it's not just that you know, we we have the cash to be making these transfers. I think we've also been very smart about, you know, f- finding some value out there in players who are not necessarily, you know, the marquee signings that that player you know fans have called for for seasons now, um, but players who have really proven to be exactly what we needed in the positions that they play in. So I think that you know, it, it's it's not just the amount of of cash that we're able to spend but how we're spending it and you know kind of like scott said i i can't feel too bad for a club like nottingham who really should have known that they were being reckless with the amount of spending that they were doing um you know it, it is tough for teams that are coming up you know promoted into the league but anyone with a brain could have told them that that amount of transfers was too many and it wasn't sustainable so I, I think the sustainability rules are there for a reason. And I just hope that they actually start to get enforced when it comes to teams like Manchester City and Chelsea, who have been pretty blatantly flouting them for, you know, years and years now. Um, and and I don't feel too sympathetic about Chelsea potentially, you know, having to sell their their captain because, you know, they got themselves into this mess. And if they they're not prioritizing uh, you know, the development of their players, the future of their players, then that's kind of on them. Yeah, there's no question about it. Um, let's talk about some of these lesser moves that have happened. And I I hate to diminish them by calling them lesser moves, but there's been a lot of uh, movement 
within Spurs with loans and things like that this week. Uh, for example, Jaffa Tanganga goes on loan to Millwall. Uh, Alfie Devine is recalled from his loan and then sent on loan to join Ashley Phillips at Plymouth Argyle. Uh, Sergio Reguilon goes on loan to Brentford. Uh, Ivan Perisic appears to be heading uh, back to Croatia on loan, uh, which will you know end his time at the club eventually. Um, it sounds like Joe Rodon is his his loan at Leeds is going so well that they want to sign him on a permanent deal. Um, just a lot of different stuff happening at the club this week in terms of these kind of ancillary moves. Scott, does anything any of them stand out to you? It doesn't feel like any of these players are. You know, other than maybe like Alfie Devine and Ashley Phillips, those guys are obviously those are developmental moves, and it's good that they're going to be getting the playing time and developing in that way. But some of these other names, um, I just I don't see much too much of a future for at Spurs. Is is there anything that stands out to you with any of those moves? No, I I, I wouldn't have much to add beyond what you said. I think the only thing I might say is with Tanganga, it's. I think he he needs to move on, right, for the for the sake of of his career. And I think you were kind of just alluding to something like that, right? Um, uh, but everything else is just either go take a good move to develop yourself and and you know play with a teammate, or we don't want your wages anymore, and no one can buy you because Europe is just a, frankly handcuffed financially, right? Um, and so yeah, it's it. It's just kind of us doing what we have to do. I'm not surprised by a single thing that we've seen happen. Yeah, the thing with Tanganga that is the problem, quote unquote, problem is is the England thing. Like he's he is homegrown, it's English, but it, mm-hmm. he's also 24 at this point. Like it's it's yeah. been time for him to kick on and show a different level. And I know injuries have had, as they always do with players like this, you know, a, a, a say in his his career trajectory, but. I think you're right. It, it does. It does feel like something has to happen. Um, he's going to be, you know, 25. In fact, uh, come the end of March. So it's not like he's a young player anymore. He's a player that should be coming into the prime of his career, and he's he just hasn't been able to kick on. Um, I am excited to see the the Alfie Divine Ashley Phillips. You know how that kind of kicks on. The other kind of rumor that that sparked up uh, more recently today was. Um, about one of the Saudi clubs, I, I think it was Al Nasir, one of the big clubs out there trying to come in for Emerson Royale and the, and Tottenham kind of saying, now we're good. Um, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> like, it sounds like Emerson Royale is happy playing the uh, somewhat bit part role that he's going to have in this team and just be, be there to deputize either at right center back like he's been doing or to, to spell Pedro Poro at right back when necessary. Uh, Caroline, are you happy to have Emerson Royale just stay put, um, especially if it means not selling him to a Saudi club? Well, yes, obviously, I, I think I would prefer that we did not get involved in that mess of the, the Saudi Pro League. And we're not a Liverpool pod, so we don't have to talk about the Jordan Henderson of it all. But I think from a player perspective, that's not looking like a very attractive prospect anymore. So, you know, for all we know, Emerson might not have been interested in it to begin with. But I think he's he's definitely proven that he's a, a valuable member of the squad right now. He's he's not necessarily the greatest filling in at center back, but he is an option. And I think he's actually a pretty decent backup for Poro, who, let's face it, has played pretty significant minutes. And it's kind of a miracle he hasn't missed any game time yet. I think he may have missed like one game with a knock, but 
um, yeah, if he if he were to go out for a significant period of time, I would feel pretty comfortable having Emerson in there because I, I think he he gets the team identity at this point um, and obviously is well liked by his teammates as well. So I have no issue with him him sticking around. He's a big vibes guy. There's no question about it. And uh, yeah, that's that's important. I also think that it's important for us to realize that players like Emerson Royale shouldn't just be shipped out because they're not an every game starter. Like teams need more than 11 players. You need a squad. Uh, it's why we've talked so much and so lovingly, honestly, about a player like Pierre Mahoybier, who there are still rumors about Juventus wanting him. But I wouldn't mind him sticking around, even though when he's on the pitch, we all kind of want to pull. Well, I was going to say pull our hair out. Scott and I don't really have that issue, but we want to like scratch our eyes out sometimes watching Hoybier on the pitch, but we uh, teams need a guy like that. You need a veteran leader and like you need guys who aren't everyday starters and every, you know, every match they're not going to be in the 11, but they, the, you, you need those glue guys. And I definitely think not only is Emerson a vibes guy, but he's done a pretty damn good job job at times when he's on the pitch this season and I, I i kind of enjoy that as well um the big in rumor this week is 18 year old antonio nusa uh, who plays currently for club bruges in uh belgium and i admittedly don't know anything about antonio nusa when i hear his name pop up earlier this week but i read a lot about him and i'm basically told dribbly boy he's a dribbly winger and like, this is what this club has been wanting and needing. And I've even heard him referenced as the quote unquote, eventual successor to young men's son, which when you pause makes me really sad that we're thinking about an eventual successor to young men's son, but he's 18. It's not like this is a guy that needs to come right in and do a thing. He, he can be developmental. And the rumor is that this deal that they're potentially working on to sign him could be in the uh, Pat Matisar Destiny Adogi mold where they buy a player, loan him back to the club for the rest of the season, and then he joins full on in the summertime and and, and kicks on next season. Um, Scott, how are we feeling about a, a potential successor to Kyung Min's son being brought in, which again is just uh, be still my heart. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad the successor is 18 and not 22 or 23 because it tells me son's got some years in, in his legs. And I mean, let's be honest, he's incredibly in shape, takes great care of himself, doesn't have a family, which factors into retirement for sure, right? Um, so I, I think Sonny's got another three or four seasons playing well for Tottenham, if I'm honest. But yeah, um, this kid's exciting. He's he's somebody that I won't pretend to, to go on and on about as if I – watch club Bruges and take notes, you know, on my Sundays, but, um, I, I statistically looks awesome. Right. Shout, shout to guys like Nathan, a Clark friends of the pod who feed us with information to help us understand a little bit more about what the player might look like. But yeah, I think he's exactly what we need. We need somebody who's willing to, to, to run at, at, at defenders and fullbacks. And we're seeing that for sure in Brennan Johnson, but, the more guys that we can get in to do that type of thing, the better Ange's offense is going to be without a doubt. He looks like he's very capable of inverting as well, which is important. Um, I'm all for it. I, and, and if we loan him back, I think that's brilliant, you know, getting, getting, getting signings in, in January, it's almost just like 
clearing the books at a different time of the year and then letting things recoup a little bit right before you go back in the summer and need to make more more important moves for for the now i think it seems like levy wants to use january's to to focus on the future and and the summers to focus on more of the immediate to the now as well as the future right so um think it's really shrewd and i really hope we get it done i'm I, it's one of those transfers that i'm kind of hooked into and I fully expected and needed to happen at this point. So, well, and again, what makes it so, I guess, surprising is the only word I can think of is that, like you said, Spurs have gotten in early and done the work and done the research and development on a player. And now that his name has popped up in all of these reports, all of a sudden it's like, well, Chelsea and Fulham are in on him and so on and so on are in on him. But Tottenham are, it looks like, going to beat them to the punch and get this done now nothing's well, done. obviously we, we still got a little ways a week and a half to go in the in the window and there's still time and it may may only be a deal for the summer it may get put off until then but the fact that tottenham are in the lead for a player who is desired by so many other clubs is encouraging well it, it's it's a very important point you bring up too um you know that that our scouting is so shrewd right now because no one else can buy anybody and so many times I've seen this linked to someone super talented and then city comes in and Chelsea comes in and whoever else comes in off the backs of, of our interest. Right. And easily tips us to the signing by just dropping a lot of cash on the table. Those days are done. Um, it's not happening anymore. Um, and I, I really think that this scouting department and it's probably not a coincidence, right? Came in at the perfect time. They're doing such a good job at a time when, when no one else is able, able to bring people in. Um, I think as a, again, not to beat a dead horse, but as a club guys like Paul Mitchell probably left the club because our scouting was great, but our ability to act on the scout on the scouting that we'd done was not there. Right. And um, it was growing tiresome. And again, those, those days are done. So super exciting. Caroline, where are you at with this? I mean, this is this seems like all thumbs up. I, I'd be on board with this, right? Yeah, I mean, I've been kind of disconnected from the uh, transfer rumor mill the past few days, so I had not really heard about this one or the Rodon uh, lead situation either, so that's interesting. But I, I feel like I'm at the point where I am starting to trust the club in any signing that they make. Whereas, you know, in years past, I would be like, ah, I'm not going to get excited about this guy. Like, even if we do sign him, which we probably won't, he's, you know, probably not going to be as, as great as he's made out to be. But the, the way we've been operating lately, I just feel like I trust the recruitment team that they're finding the right players for Ange. And it's just very joined up thinking across the whole club. And, you know, like Scott said, we can't... Um, or we don't have to worry about getting beaten to these signings by, you know, the so-called bigger clubs at the moment. I think maybe, you know, if Liverpool had a little more cash, that might be an issue because I think their project is really attractive right now. But if you look at clubs like Chelsea, uh, Man United, I, I would not want to go there as a player right now. And City, I think, is a bit of a wild card, not just because of, you know, the possibility that they could get dinged on those financial fair play charges, but also the fact that 
Pep might not be around too much longer. Um, I feel like he's he's starting to get a little itchy and <laughs> thinking about moving on. So, yeah, I feel like we're just in a really good good spot right now where we, we not only can we afford players, but we can actually convince them to come. Well, and to your point on Liverpool, that could be another situation like one with Pep where who knows how long Klopp decides he wants to be there. I mean, he is he has been there for for quite a while. And uh, I mean, I'm not saying he's like on his way out, but um, it, it is nice to have a fresh new face in the Premier League in Ange Postacoglu and the fact that he's come in and done such a great job and gotten, I mean, look, part of the reason the, the dirty little secret, and maybe, maybe, maybe the Americans listening to this know this or don't know this, but part of the dirty little secret as to why Spurs have had so many Friday games this year. And so many like, like weird time games is because they're getting selected to be put on television in the UK. They haven't had the, the typical Saturday 3 PM blackout spot very often this season because they, they are an attractive club. They're playing attractive football. And when you do that kind of thing, when you don't play Jose ball or Conte ball, it attracts players who want to play that type of football as well. It's all, it's a, it's a circle. It, it all goes around and like, you know, all of these things are, are connected. And to your point, like if, if you're presenting an attractive product, it will attract talent. And that is what Dude. Tottenham are doing right now. Spurs in Europe is is a goldmine for the media in England because Spurs draw an audience, whether we're playing well or we or other teams just want to laugh at Spurs. Right. People watch Spurs. Um, and when we're not in Europe, we can play on Fridays and Mondays and they absolutely eat it up. So it's, I'm not surprised at all. I haven't really thought about it. So you brought it up, but or it's been a while at least. But but uh, yeah, the, 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 the media is lapping it up for sure. And and just, put the cherry on top of all of that for them, for sure. Well, again, I just think we're a good prospect for players right now because they know they're going to be coming into a pretty stable uh, situation with a younger coach, you know, or well, younger in the role anyway. <laughs> um, and also a younger squad, you know, the squad is getting a lot younger as well. So if you're, you're coming to Tottenham as a player, you know that you're going to be potentially with the same group of players for for quite a few seasons as we you know they all kind of grow together so i i think it's just an exciting time you know to be a spurs fan because we can be kind of proud of our club <laughs> which maybe wasn't the case you know as much in the past few seasons where we had conte and Mourinho, and it just felt like there was a lot of desperation um it feels a lot more stable now and and to your point, like and shot a, a second shout out on the pod to Dakota, who um, played the role of ombudsman last week and corrected me when I said that Pedro Poro was the elder statesman of the defense. It's actually Christian Romero, but he's only like twenty five. Like everybody on in, in in this defensive lineup, even some of the backups are like younger than twenty five. You're talking about bringing an eighteen year old dribbly winger to be the the succession plan to your thirty plus dribbly winger. Um, there's just, there's so much youth being injected. You're right. It's it, for, for, forgive us Spurs fans, as you listen to this podcast for sounding a little perplexed and a little bit as at a loss for words at how well things are going right now. We are fully aware that the bottom could fall out and capable of dealing with that because we've dealt with it for so many years, but right now. We're going to embrace this and enjoy it because it's it's felt pretty damn good. Um, speaking of playing a lot on Fridays and Mondays 
days and weird days. The next Spurs game is Friday. It is in the FA Cup. And it is against Manchester City. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Um, I know one thing that they haven't heard of, and that's scoring a goal at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium because they've never done that. If they don't do that this week, it, it, it would speak really well for Spurs to move on. Um, I don't know how confident I am in this, but I am really, really excited at the prospect of James Madison perhaps making a return from injury. Um, there's also word that perhaps men or Solomon could be on the way back. Not that he's the impact that James Madison would be, but Spurs are starting to get healthier and starting to, you know, finally look like roll into a part of the season where they need more bodies because they're still missing the likes of Papsar, Yibasuma and Youngman's son. Um, but they're getting healthier and coming back. And Scott, how are you feeling about an FA cup clash against, uh, the, reigning champions of, of Europe. And I guess, I guess the world, they were the, 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 the world cup club champions too. I mean, this is, this is going to be a, a, a tall task, right? It is, it is. And you know, they haven't scored at our stadium, which is great. Um, I think as well as we're playing, there's every re- reason to believe we can get a result. I think we can. Um, I said it earlier, a couple episodes ago, or maybe last episode after the draw that, from the sense of needing to play them at some point, like I'm fine with just getting it done now. Right. And I, I think Andrew will have that attitude. My only concern is the midfield. Um, Benteker will start. If Madison's there, it totally changes the odds in Vegas. Right. I think, I think uh, uh, Madison starting would, would be huge because with Benteker and a potential Madison who we don't even know whether or not he would start. Right it's PH or skip. And that's just a little concerning to me against, against a midfield that will have KDB and Rodri in it. Probably two of the best D two single most talented midfielders on the planet, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, it's going to be tough, but every reason to believe we can do it. And I say that because we've done it a couple of times already. Um, so why not again? Caroline, how confident are you in Spurs ability to knock this team off once again? I don't know if confident is the right word. It's just because it feels like that that record of City not scoring at our ground has to break at some point. Like it's a it's kind of absurd that they haven't scored there yet. So I don't know. That doesn't feel great to me uh, to have that hanging over us for a cup match that's do or die. But I don't know. I think if Madison is back, like that that really increases our chances of pulling this off and. I don't know. We do seem to have some sort of weird, like bogey vibes when it comes to city, like in our favor for once. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not confident. I, I I'm going to be a nervous wreck leading up to this game, and I haven't really felt that we, way about any games this season, to be quite honest. So that's going to be a new feeling. It's mostly because we just had so KDB much positivity. Come on. I know. Yeah, I know, I, he has. He does. He does he looked change so things. Right. good in their last game, and it was it was legitimately frightening. <laughs> hey, he, does, he does change the dynamic. City does have a potential relegation to League Two and a liquidation hanging over their head at the moment, so maybe that factors in. Um, and just what a lame club! I mean, whatever happens on Friday, just such a fucking lame club. And Spurs is just an awesome club, so whatever. Yeah, they wish they had our vibes. That's for totally. sure. Totally so lame. I just, yeah, anyways. I'll um, take the awesome club over the lame club any day. I agree with you. For sure. 
for sure. And and it's, well, it's we're going to be back Ange, with I mean, everyone. It, yeah, of course. Sorry. Big <laughs> Ange, love no, I love those vibes. Love those vibes. We're going to be back with everyone uh, Friday late into the heading into the weekend to talk about whatever the heck happens because. Um, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm also. I'm a little nervous about this one, Caroline. I do not know how this one is going to go, but I'm. I'm. I'm still of the mindset that I'm excited for it, regardless. Like, okay, if we get knocked out, we get knocked out. I'm still excited to see us have a crack, and that's what this manager has, you know, has implemented in everyone. I feel like, and uh, that's that's the fun part. So yeah, let's let's have a crack. Let's see if we can't pull it off. And again, like Scott said, you're either going to have to face them now or you know in the final probably and why not just get it out of the way now and if you do get this get them out of the way now there ain't there ain't a lot i mean there's certainly still other teams that are going to be a challenge but this this would be a massive hurdle to potentially you know breaking this this trophy drought and that would be pretty damn cool if you ask me um that's going to do it for us here at the tottenham depot you can follow scott at scott g bird Follow Caroline at CG Stefko. You can follow me at Astefka and follow us on the socials at Tottenham Depot. Also, uh, be sure to go follow our YouTube page. We're going to start posting some more content up. Uh, we're, we're posting some TikToks this week. We're posting some, some social clips. So go follow us on all the social accounts, Twitter, threads, Instagram, TikTok, all of them. We've got Dakota hard at work uh, doing all that kind of stuff for us. So uh, until next week, this has been the Tottenham Depot podcast. We'll talk to you then as always. Come on, you Spurs.